Hi, I'm Joanna Robinson. Join us every week on the Prestige TV podcast feed as your favorite ringer hosts like Bill Simmons, Van Lathan, Mallory Rubin, Sean Fennessy, Chris Ryan, Julia Littman, and many more cover the latest episodes of your favorite TV obsessions. From boardrooms to throne rooms to courtside and through the mushroom apocalypse, we'll be here throughout the week breaking it all down. Subscribe to the Prestige TV podcast feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, shoes? Do you know what today is? It's our anniversary. No, it's Brian Waters' birthday today. It is. It Happy is. Birthday. Happy birthday. Our producer, B. Waters. Uh, Thank you. Producer Thank you. extraordinaire, our guy. Uh, how you feeling, buddy? Great. I'm 37, so I'm feeling real good. See- Nice. As your manager, I'm not actually allowed to ask. So I'm glad that I'm glad that we got that <laughs> out of the way. I look I looked online to try to make to try to figure out who else's birthday is right now. I mean Marty Bell. Do you know Marty Bell? Yeah. Oh, I love Marty That's Bell. That's the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, it's her it's her birthday today, but no other famous wrestler birthdays. August fifth. Oh, August fifth, Pat Tanaka's holding it down. August sixth, okay. the late Dino Bravo and Tony Nice. A lot of muscle oh. on that day. That's a lot Tomorrow of Tomorrow we got we got Sable and Shayna Baszler. Uh, oh wow. Okay. You know, that's, but, that's a good one. But today it's Marty Bell of, and Brian H. Waters, man. Then. Yeah. Thank yeah. You, they, Brian, you I think you got you got a lock on today if you want it. Oh, word. <laughs> um, I mean, you're you're you, definitely in the top two most important wrestling figures who were born today. So like that. <laughs> In itself, should be like you should feel amazing. Oh, I do. That. that that means a lot, especially <laughs> coming from YouTube. What did you What did you do to celebrate? Uh, so went to SummerSlam, and right yep. now I'm in New York City, uh, celebrating the night at RT60. Nice. nice. So you? Oh, damn. So I'm hitting that that rooftop joint us tonight, right? Yeah. Is that where? How's it going? All right. Yes. All right. I'm gonna figure out a way. I'm not gonna hold you. The weather kind of sucks, right? So I might have to give you. The happy birthday from here, but we got some SummerSlam stuff to talk about, right? Thanks. We do. We do. Before we go, we though, should. what gimmick shirt are you wearing to your birthday celebration? <laughs> I don't know about that one yet. Um, Brutus Beefcake? Brutus Beefcake <laughs> throwback for the... Oh. A Brutus Beefcake shirt, that would be that would be lit. Or, or even, uh, let's see, maybe Marty Janetti, but I, I, I don't think I'm allowed to say that I'm a fan of his anymore. Of course no. you can. No, you get what? I mean, uh, I'm not sure that's... I'm not sure that's even yeah, that much worse than Brutus Beefcake. Anyway, happy <laughs> birthday, Brian. We got SummerSlam to talk about. Let's start the show. 
What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to listening to and you are listening to the and you're listening, you're listening to you are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, my guy. How are you? I'm good. I'm at the I'm at the Jersey Shore. I'm actually at Seaside Heights, where I've never nice. been. I mean, I, well, that's not true. We've driven up to do the water park and stuff like that, but I've never like vacationed at the okay. infamous Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore. But I've been okay. all over the shore. Uh, yeah. It's nice. It's nice. It's a good place to be. A lot of good, a lot of good people watching. A lot of good, yeah, you know. People, people give the shore, uh, uh, people try to vacation shame the shore because of the, the reality TV show. And they'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to the shore for a vacation? It's like, yo, actually, it's beautiful here. You actually, you know, I mean, took a drive. I've been to the shore plenty of times. I always, I, I feel like every other summer, summer I end up there. But uh, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of weird how touristy it's gotten because of people named Snooky and Paulie D, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm in the heart of it here. But, you know, we usually go down to Ocean yeah. City. Go like, wild, I mean, Wildwood's yeah. kind of, you know, a lot of folks there too. A lot of wildness. But uh you know, there's a lot of there's, there's every every ten miles. There's a totally different beach that's with a totally different mm-hmm. vibe. So yeah, highly recommend the Jersey Shore and all its incarnations. You look um, you look vacationed up, man. Not gonna hold you. Look great right now. Shoes. Literally wearing people... just a gray T-shirt and a hoodie and a hat. I look exactly <laughs> the same as I do. The only difference is there's a I'm sitting on the floor and there's a bed behind me, and that's it. The the skin glow. You know what it is? <laughs> it's, it's the it's the, the uh... natural light coming in off the parking lot outside. There it is. Um, so we had SummerSlam on Saturday. You know what we didn't talk about leading up to SummerSlam was the stuff that really in depth was this, the matches that weren't going to happen at SummerSlam, the talent that wasn't going to be featured at SummerSlam. And but we did talk about it long enough to know, long enough to say, well, you know, Triple H wanted to say, to, or apparently said he wanted to give every match that was on the card its time to really play out. Um, so, of course, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus wasn't on the card. Uh, our tag team champions, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, were nowhere to be found on the card. Um, other there are other notable omissions, but uh, I mean, totally from a selfish point of view, by twelve thirty, I was pretty glad that you know we didn't have two more matches crammed in on Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I overall overall grades. Both Brian, you too. What what was your great overall grade for SummerSlam? I'd say. I mean, I have no complaints. I have a hard time even going below, like an A minus on that. Right. Same. I thought SummerSlam was fantastic. And uh, for a number of reasons, I think the match quality was great. I think the stories I were told were great. But I think the reason why this really intrigues me the most is because I feel like this is the first time in the Bloodline storyline that I think people have become really divisive on what happened. And I don't think we've gotten that in a long time. So uh, in addition to like the match quality, I think the intrigue of what's going to be next for the next several months is is really uh, really made this pay-per-view or premium live event uh, really interesting, really fun. I really enjoyed it. Totally agree. Brian, what's your grade? 
Yeah, I definitely. You said, were there live. Yeah, there live. I said a minus. The crowd was uh, hype. Detroit was a great city for it, and so I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was good. Uh, you know, banger after banger to start off the show. Me and Kaz was talking about that before we got started. Uh, so I thought like. You know, Logan Paul and Ricochet did their thing to kick off the show and really set the tone for the night. Yeah, that was really good. I mean, Kaz talked before about that. That might have been in place so that Logan Paul could get on the private jet as quickly as possible. Did he make it out to his brother's fight? Do we know he that? He made it. Yes, he, I did cast the Jake Paul fight uh, right after WrestleMania. It was perfectly timed, by the way. Like, literally just that WrestleMania. Uh, right as uh, SummerSlam was ending. Uh, you would see the videos well of Logan Paul still in his wrestling gear, uh, making it to to back up Jake Paul for his fight against Nate Diaz, which was also really entertaining. Uh, funny enough, so man, there's just so much to talk about from this this show, and like these are the, these are the episodes of the podcast I love to do because I've been talking with so many people on social media about like what should have happened and. What, mm-hmm. what what didn't happen and like people are like truly divided on how SummerSlam ended and uh, well, let's talk I can't about wait to it talk let's about just it. jump yeah. let's jump right in so in the main event it was a fantastic match okay. uh, I mean Roman and Jay have all I mean always over delivered in their matches together um, unless you have take exception to the sort of schmaziness of the you know no holds barred elements of this match. I don't see how you could say this wasn't their best. I mean, it was so good. I mean, the other, their first big main event match together was so great, uh, in its way. You know, I mean, like it was just a little perfect gym. But I love the drama in this match. They had me believing. They really did. Uh, the brawl outside the ring when Solo came in towards the end was really. I mean, was a whole lot of fun. Of course, by the time that I mean, listen. When they both, when they, when, when, when Roman came out with just Heyman, Jay comes out by himself, then you're just wondering, okay, when's everybody else going to get involved and who's going to get involved? You know, um, there, obviously there was, there was potential for help assists on both sides, but only Roman got the assists. Solo got involved in the match. Jay managed to take out both of them or, or, you know, stay even with both of them. And then finally, Jimmy Uso appeared, um, in a hoodie and a, bandana over his face. I'm not sure who he's hiding from. Uh, I'm not sure why it was important to be incognito for 30 effect, seconds. Dave. Come on. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and then he took out his brother, allowing Roman to get the spear through the table for the big win. I mean, I've got, I, I really appreciate the ending. for If for no other reason than because it was sort of the most obvious ending and we 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 thought about it, but it, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel so obvious that we were like, well, we know what's going to happen, right? And it also was the most obvious ending for setting up a continue, a, you know, more drama moving forward, right? Um, I don't know what the plan is with you know, I mean, in 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 detail, but it wouldn't shock me if you know Jay was out in the ring on Friday demanding a rematch. It wouldn't shock me if Jay got a month off. You know, yeah. and just let's let let's let Roman move on to his next thing with Jimmy. You know, as part of the crew, welcome back to the family. And then you know, Jay will make his return at some point down the road. They, they you know, they, they could play that a, a number of different ways. But um, I don't know, man. I thought it was a really fulfilling match. Obviously, not fulfilling to the extent that like Jay won, but you know, they had me believe. Like I said, they had me believing, which is sort of all you can really ask for to really be wrapped up and wondering during the match. What was your feeling about the ending? Did you did you think it was a good call? I thought it was a great call. 
Um, I know I, the reason why I think it was a great call, I think people who was listening to the show have said, when we were talking about this uh, leading up to the match, I'm like, Jimmy's been noticeably absent. Like, we're not going to see Jimmy. Like, whatever, whatever ends up in this match, I feel like Jimmy was going to play a part in it. And I think the execution was perfect because there's a groundswell of people that are upset that the bad guy won again. <laughs> At the end of the day, like, that's what was accomplished, right? Um, the Jimmy and Jay dynamic, I think people are going to get stuck on because they're like, well, they were just together. They just beat Roman last month. Like, why would he do this? Why, why, why? And you could say it's it, it's not making sense and it's not like uh, a storyline that needs the universal title, but I think all of this is necessary because the universal title means the ultimate, like even just as much as the tribal chief stuff is important. Obviously, the title is important. It's always important because just for vision's sake, it's the last thing on the show. And secondly, Jimmy turning on Jay now fully establishes that the bloodline are each their own entity now. Completely. like. Even if Roman and Solo are still kind of rolling together, that tension mm-hmm. is like impossible to ignore now. Jimmy and Roman, obviously, after he kicks Jay, doesn't go and says, you know, doesn't give off any inclination that he did it for Roman or did it for the bloodline. It seemed personal with Jay. So now I think you've established that you can have that big fatal four-way match at Survivor Series and oots in every corner. You could stretch out at least two to three more rivalries that are main event level because they involve bloodline members for the next Mm -hmm. several months. And you can continue growing the story out because at the end of the day, what made the bloodline story so impactful is that it's a story about family and loyalty and what you would do for your blood and what wouldn't you do and all that type of stuff. And now you're going to see the opposite of that because we saw all the good of it. Now you get to see the flip side of it. And that is what gets me excited to see uh, where they're going to take this story now that Jimmy and Jay, the Usos, the longest reigning tag team of all time, champions of all time, uh, are have split for the first time in their over 10-year career. Um, it's exciting. It would be exciting even without the bloodline, right? Like, yeah. even if this yeah. wasn't even a bloodline thing, Jimmy turns on Jay, I'm immediately tuned in. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So I'm just, I'm, I'm glad that they pulled it off there and it wouldn't have meant any, they could have split them apart forever ago. It wouldn't have been impactful if it wasn't done right then and there. So I, I thought it was really well done and executed. Should we be... Should we pick the nit, the the, uh, the the stated rules of tribal combat is that anything goes, but no one can interfere? So both Solo and Jimmy were were somehow, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what the penalty is. Do they, did they, <laughs> did they compromise Roman's win by, by, by attacking Jay? I mean, who knows? I mean, I could see a world where like, you know, we didn't see the elders give... The, 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 no, we thought there were going to the be some family back. there. There was no family there. You know what I mean? And 
there's definitely, and maybe I'm, you know, projecting a little much, but like, I feel like there's now an opportunity where you could truly bring in the family and say, listen, we had tribal combat. This is a, a time honored tradition or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you could cheat on all those other matches, but what you did was kind of fucking break what this family's overall, you know what I mean? Yeah. What we're really about. So I think, I think once the elders, if, if that's the plan, I think once the elders start to get involved and sort of like deliberate what made tribal combat a failure because they didn't abide by tribal combat rules, then I feel like a oos in every corner for the universal championship is going to make it even bigger. You know what I mean? So um, I I think the elders involvement and and how they if, if we're gonna nitpick on, on the cheating or whatever and then people getting involved i feel like that's a smart way to bring them in bring in rikishi bring in afa sika you know what i mean all those guys and see mm-hmm. all you know what their real family feels about them breaking up you know yeah brian what did you think how did it play live oh man um you know you could tell the divisiveness in the crowd but the crowd was definitely behind jimmy i mean jay even though, of course, there's the Roman fans there, but it kind of felt like WrestleMania when, when Cody lost. And you know yeah. how like people were so upset. Uh, and of course, you mm-hmm. had the Roman fans trolling the Cody fans. You saw a lot yeah. of that, uh, yeah. myself included. And um, <laughs> there was a point where we was like on the floor and they told us to move. And you could tell that the table was probably gimmick because it moved us over near that side. And so when Solo mm-hmm. went over there and... He, um, you know, hit the uh, move on the J. I was wondering, I said, well, again, with the tribal combat rules, I'm like, well, why is he here? And then I thought Roman was going to, like, you remember when he stopped Solo before from hitting J as they was doing the uh, signing and making the match? I thought he was going to do the same thing. But in watching him go again, so that has me intrigued about what the elders will do uh, as far as that's concerned. But yeah, overall, you could tell, like, the fans enjoyed it. And that was a long night. I love that feeling in the stadium, though, yeah. right? Like, uh, I love that feeling yeah. of, like, uh, especially when it's a, it was such a very fan service heavy mm-hmm. SummerSlam. Like, there was just was. so many, like, great moments um, from the Logan Paul Ricochet match to, you know, Cody getting that big moment, which we'll talk about, to, you know, the triple threat match with the women's title. Like, there was so many ill moments that I love when a stadium goes silent. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, that he did it again. I, I love it, yo. There have been it. a lot of endings that we've covered, main event match endings, pay-per-view yeah. main event match endings that we've covered, where... There are some questions. There's some dissatisfaction from the crowd, even if some people liked it, you know. But and and, and a lot of those times we've said, well, you got to see where they're going, or you take the other side and you're like, you know, WWE has not earned our trust to let to, <laughs> for us to sit here and say, let's see where it goes. Okay. What's really incredible about the Bloodline storyline about what they've accomplished with it is that you can have a split reaction to an ending, but nobody doubts that whatever happens on Friday is gonna just is gonna make sense and make us appreciate what just happened even more. Now you can, I mean, do you think there were a lot of people that were dissatisfied that Jay didn't win the undisputed universal championship or was it the way that it played out? I think uh, from, from what I've surveyed, I think a lot of the dissatisfaction comes from the involvement of the universal title, 
right? Like, I think there's a lot of people that still believe, man, this thing is dragging on so long. It's still holding the title hostage. And this should have been, you know, the Cody Brock moment should have been for the Universal Championship, right? That's what I'm seeing a lot of. I don't think there was a lot of people out there, in my opinion, I don't think there was a lot of people out there that really thought Jay was going to beat Roman. You know? Like, I, I think, yeah. as, as you know, what you said on the last episode when you were like, you know, it would probably feel like if Roman was to drop it to anybody, dropping it to Jay would probably be the person he'd want to handpick. But I don't know, man. I just feel like the sustained sort of success of, you know, the bloodline just, you know, as far as the bottom dollar is concerned, I don't understand why you want to get off that train no. anytime soon, right? Like, no. it's just, you you find ways to keep this thing going because everything has shown that it's been positive for your ratings, for your company, for the for, way yeah. people are, are are looking at the product again, like coming back. Mm-hmm. As 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 old fans being brought in to this new thing, that whole fucking sudden undercurrent of like, when is the rock gonna show up? Like all of these things are sort of like tied into like why wow, you gotta keep making this story go. Dude, I had family, I had family at my house to watch SummerSlam. Yeah. That I didn't know were interested in professional wrestling two months ago. <laughs> like this people Yeah. People are people are tuning in. They're tuning people in to are watch. Tapped in like, people are tapped in back into wrestling, unlike I've seen in my adult life. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. as far as like mainstream is concerned. Like, I'm sure the Attitude Era, we'll always have the, those conversations about what the Attitude Era meant in its time. But just me, just in my own observations and just kind of being in the world of wrestling in some way, shape, or form over the past 10 yeah. years, this is the most I've seen it had it. This is the easiest it's been to catch some good-ass wrestling. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on Cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Let's talk about what else on the card. You mentioned, um, you mentioned Cody and Brock. Word from the, I think from Triple H's post event press conference was that the post match handshake and hug was unscripted. Uh, you could tell throughout the match, throughout the Call feud, cap. really, that Brock is has some respect for Cody Rhodes. Brock's a guy whose respect is uh, not partic- not like hard to come by, but not automatic, right? Certainly not 
to that level. Um, dude, those guys had a great match. You know what? You know what? My first note. You know what freaked me out so much? The first suplex of the match. Cody did the thing where he like reached over his head to block the to to block the suplex, and that was the same shit yeah. that Bobby did back when Bobby was like trying to protect himself from an injury and ended up getting himself hurt even worse. You know, he's like, instead of taking mm-hmm. this the right way, I'm going to take it sideways. And he like screwed up his neck, you know, in the process or whatever. I was like, Jesus Christ, Cody's, please don't let this guy go out for another six months. Um, but then he started taking him the right way. I think he just kind of had to get warmed up to the feeling of having a monster throw you <laughs> over your, over his head. That was the um, same thing. <laughs> uh, other one, if I have to pick nits, Cody's Kimura not quite as convincing looking as Brock's <laughs> when, he, when he locked that thing <laughs> Brian, you couldn't see, all. I'm sure, from not where you all. were sitting. Yeah, but right. it was like, Brock's arm is too big to even be bent in any kind of compelling direction. So it's right. just sort of like, okay. It's like, it's like trying to, it's like trying to, trying to tie a porterhouse in half. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like that's, I don't understand how you do that. Oh. But overall, that was an incredible match. But I tell you, when I, I didn't, I wasn't sure if the thing started at seven or eight. We talked about this in the show last week. I'm always just like, let me just throw it on at seven and make sure that I, it's the pre-show starting now and I'm not missing anything. So I clicked it on and they had the mm. Brock Cody package on to start the pre-show. And I was just like, oh shit, is this starting? Is this opening the card? Is it happening now? But they did go on pretty early. Right. And I thought that it was, um, it was, what it, I think they called it the first of the, Several main of however three main events. How many main events did they claim? Four main events. I think those four main events, if I'm not mistaken. The um, last three matches, yeah. and then Cody Brock. Um, the Cody Brock thing was really cool. Cody got his win. Uh, that was another one where like we picked it, and I felt good about it. I felt confident about it. And during the match, I'm like, you know what though, Brock could win. Like you know, this is Brock can always win. That's part of what's made Brock such a compelling figure since. I mean, his entire recent run, not even, I mean, longer. I mean, since, you know, his Undertaker run, you know, basically, is that, like, dude, he can just win. Yeah. He can win whenever he wants, even if it doesn't make sense to the fans, you know? And some of that booking has not been ideal, but it sure does make a moment like that, like Saturday night, a little bit more interesting. Um, where do you think Cody goes from here? Yeah. What's next oh, for that's Cody Rhodes? interesting part. I have no idea. I have no idea, man. Um... I feel like there's a world where he still gets sort of sidetracked from finishing the story. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe Logan Paul. <laughs> like, maybe there's a Logan Paul Cody Rhodes uh, rivalry well, coming well, down maybe, the pipeline. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's its own separate conversation. But we got Logan. We got Logan Paul. You know, Logan Paul, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey. Uh, that might be it. Unless you want to, you know, like throw Charlotte Flair and her itinerant schedule into the whole thing. But Logan Paul mm. and Brock Lesnar, we don't know if they're going to be wrestling next week. We don't know if they're going to be wrestling at SummerSlam. I mean, at Survivor Series. We don't know if they're not going to, we're not going to see either of those guys till WrestleMania. Um, do you think that, you, th- you think that those guys are, I mean, do you think either or one of those guys will be, you know, immediately back around or going to say bye-bye for a little while? Man, I think Cody is not going anywhere. Um, no, not Cody, but Brock. I, don't know. I mean, I, I would. You know what? I would love. I don't think it's gonna happen. But like, 
I kind of hope they continue this thing, right? Like, I know it was unplanned or whatever, but like mm-hmm. that was a that was a that was a moment, right? Like Brock Lesnar doesn't do that for people. You know what I'm saying? There are yeah. You could win titles, you know what I mean? You could be champion, you could hold a piece of gold, but like there's certain moments in this industry that people just don't have. Like, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times Brock Lesnar won his world championships. I'm sure I can Google it, but I could, in the blink of an eye, tell you, oh, he beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. And now with Cody Rhodes, I can't tell you how many times he's, he'll, he'll win championships, but I'd be like, yo, Brock Lesnar put him over like nobody he's put over ever. The most legitimate tough guy in this entire industry said this dude's legit. You know what I mean? You know and, what? It, you know what it made me think. It fe- it felt to me yeah. like um, like the Raw after WrestleMania. Remember, they were tag team partners. They what? Did they did they hug then, or they just like shook hands or whatever? Then Brock attacks him. It felt to me like the entire past six months or however long it's been, like was like the the crazy. Uh, like the crazy life flashing before your eyes that happened in Cody's head as he was reaching to shake's Brock Brock's hand the the raw after WrestleMania is like yeah. is this something I really want to get involved <laughs> with and then it's like six months of getting brutalized and then but then at the end he finally got the embrace he got what he was going for like yeah. it was actually like no now we are friends this is fantastic um, that yeah, would be it was so really Ill. cool I would I would love I would love if Cody and Brock like stayed a thing. Right, like oh, yeah. if they just became homies, you know, if Brock just becomes like Cody's backup, not his backup, but you know, just be like, yo, man, I'm not gonna be up in your, up your ass, but if you're ever in a bind and like you're getting like jumped, you know, what I mean, I got your back, you and know? I happen like, to be there, <laughs> or or if you can hold out to be for there. the six hour plane flight from <laughs> or, Minneapolis like, or whatever, um, if, if yeah, no, it's it's it is interesting, and it throws and it's real too, you know, it throws a little bit of that that reality into it. Cody's really good at the real life friends being part of his wrestling gimmicks, right? I mean, he's he's got those friendships. They seem to mean something. I mean, this this definitely like this definitely solidifies the fact that Cody Rhodes is probably the most likable guy in all of wrestling. He even got Brock Lesnar yeah. to be like, this guy's pretty alright. <laughs> yeah. Everybody like he just seems like a, a he just seems like a really decent human being. Like between if the, it's like if the documentary didn't get you like the literal most dangerous man on the planet was like, I like this guy. Everybody cheer him after beating the crap out of him. You know, it's Cody is a good guy. The, what was, how was Cody's reaction in, in Brian to being there live? How what was the reaction to Cody's win? Oh, it popped. Yeah, you could tell people was excited about it. Um, and, and uh, you know, just like bringing up the documentary, I think that's what kind of kept him from getting stale as a babyface. Because it's like you're waiting for that moment where people turn on him. And I've the vibes I saw, just everybody around just screaming, you know, just excitement. Yeah, that's great. Well, who got who, yeah, who got the, the biggest? Most, I, I said Cody's the most lovable baby face in like 20 years, mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. Like John Cena wasn't this beloved in John Cena's no. heyday. It was still let's go Cena, Cena sucks. But like, there is a looming is like, cloud of people turning on Cody. I mean, I don't think it's like inevitable, but but we always got to think about it. If Cody wins the Royal say, Rumble, if Cody wins the Royal Rumble, there will be some backlash. Not because he doesn't deserve to, mm, but because that's inevitable. That's true, but I I don't want to underestimate Cody's ability to tell that story and mm-hmm. be like Oh, I I agree. And make he, it did it, he did it this year. 
Yeah, uh, like he's he's found ways to keep himself interesting and and keep people from. I think people just are always like waiting to boo the baby face because a lot of times the baby face gives you something to boo, and Cody Rhodes hasn't given people anything to boo yet. In, well, in a long I know, time, but, it, but okay, you know? listen. But in the case of the in the case of the Royal Rumble, people are looking for something cool and interesting and new. And to and even if it's the best story to put Cody Rhodes through the Royal Rumble like it was this year to give him the main event spot at WrestleMania, it doesn't like Cody Rhodes, whether or not we resent his push, is still so pushed that he doesn't need a Royal Rumble win to be in the main event at WrestleMania, right? So that's why it's always there's a little bit right. of a letdown aspect to it. Anyway, we don't we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Uh speaking of being there live, Brian, who got the biggest pop of the night and why was it LA night? <laughs> uh, I think well, definitely I think it was LA night because of the fact that we got him on the card versus him just you know being left off like you go back to like him not being on TV for the MSG show or even at Wrestlemania uh, he was on the pre-show so uh, yeah LA night definitely you know and I was one who said I was trying to figure out why people liked him so much but just you see so mm-hmm. many LA night shirts and they in different flavors too so that right there, you can oh, see, yeah. like, yeah, the people, they into him. Uh, it was incredible. My my nephew was there. He's a giant. Actually, finally pulled the trigger and bought an L.A. Night shirt while he was watching L.A. Night. Uh, but that's been his guy for the longest time. Um, yeah, it was it, it was it was really well done. I mean, this is one where you can just look back and say, okay, they were just holding this guy down, holding him back to just to build to this moment. This wasn't some perpetual you know, thing where we're just going to hold him and hold him and hold him and see what happens. It was just a build to make, to make the winner of a, of a, of a battle Royal at wrestle. I mean, at SummerSlam meaningful, you know, instead of having that be the throwaway match, it was incredibly, it was, it was a big moment. You know, there's a lot of big names in that match. I mean, there are a lot of people who could potentially be way up the card who were working that match. I mean, obviously they were in there at the end. We had Sheamus, we had AJ, big Omos got in there and got the big giant battle Royal spots. <laughs> Um, there are a lot of a lot of big names. Uh, that was a and, nice surprise and, but, too. What big Omos? The Omos? Yeah, just like you know, because you figure like not that he was like lost, but you just hadn't seen him in so in a while. So it was like, oh shoot, mm-hmm. Omos is in this too. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Um, yeah, and and not I can't forget the Slim Jim commercial. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the he was already winner, in it. Right? They already like, had it figured out. Oh man, I, I hope I hope that becomes a thing, right? I think I think this is a multi-match partnership. I think they're supposed to have another sort of thing at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble, if I'm not mistaken, with Slim mm-hmm. Jim. But if 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 Slim Jim uh, endorsements are on the line for Battle Royals, <laughs> that makes any other sponsored Battle Royal infinitely more interesting to me from oh, now yeah. on. If every if every battle royal if every throwaway gimmick battle royal when we can't like afford you know uh, a few people to get on a show uh, <laughs> becomes a thing like sponsored by uh, Snickers or whatever like now you get the Snickers endorsement and like right after the <laughs> right after the match they they air your Snickers commercial like I'm I love that they didn't wait for it didn't try to pretend like they taped it uh, a while ago and shown it next week or showed it Monday or something there was like fuck it. Aired a commercial right now. <laughs> oh yeah, it was great. So Forget it was K-Fate. almost like you know what I loved about it. It was definitely a a, a wink and a, a nudge to people who thought he was being held down. 
this whole oh, time. Yeah. It's like, oh, you thought we put this guy in dark matches because we didn't see the talent in him? It was like, no, actually, we just signed like the biggest sort of deal we've had with this thing in a number of years and is worth multi-millions of dollars. And, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be the face of it alongside Bianca Belair. Well, it's funny. I think that's wrestling a pretty good is- place to be. We know our favorite wrestlers make good money, right? But it, but the wrestling is still not like wrestlers aren't aren't professional. I mean, aren't like NBA players or NFL players in terms of, you know, their bank accounts. So you could have them win something and still have it be meaningful in a in a real world way, right? Like you could give, like you could yeah. say the winner of this yeah, battle royal gets like a that. new gets like a new whatever Ford of their choice, you know, and like that's a big deal. And then Ford gets the you know the good look like of like LA Knight excited lot, to drive right? the car. What? WCW? I feel like WCW well, used old, to do that listen, a lot. Yeah, well, like, back in the territory days, you know, they had like the, the local car dealership was a sponsor of the show or whatever. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh yeah, you can like come you drive like one a of Ford our cars. or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's a big deal. You know, people are always joking now with like the, the, the NBA in-season tournament. Like the winners get what, like half a million dollars or something insane. And people are like, yeah, but fans don't care about their favorite players getting money, right? They already got money. Um, even though a lot of them could, you know, that's a huge amount of money. Uh, but for wrestlers, man, I'd be excited if LA Knight got to like have a bag of cash and we got to go see him spin yeah. some of it, you know, like <laughs> that'd be great. He should show up on Raw on Monday night with just like a, you know, a new Prius or whatever, you know, just with, like it's a new layer to his character. <laughs> just like I got the money. This is what I chose to spend it on. You know? That's so funny. Um, I, w- I wish they would do that more. That could be that could be a, a brand new character layer to anybody who wins any of these sponsored battle royals. Like what if it's like. I don't know. Say Omos won it. And then the next time you see him, he's just, you know, he has like a gold. He puts himself in all gold like Homer Simpson when he won. Yeah. <laughs> when he won the lottery, he's like, oh, 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 oh. Just yeah. Some people are really person. extravagant. And then some people that you wouldn't expect are just like, just bring out like a, a printed out piece of paper. And they're like, I bought this investment property in East Lansing, Michigan. <laughs> I'm going to rent it. You know, and you're just like, okay. Just or you can have Bobby Corbin be like, I won this. I won this battle royal. Put it all on black and fucking yeah. lost. <laughs> there you go. Except it has to be a shoot. Like, yeah, like really right. just. I'm going to put a pile of money on this and then we'll see where it goes. The lethal lotto. Um, oh, God. Uh, what else? So, okay. We, we talked a little bit about, uh, you, you mentioned Logan Paul earlier in the show, but Lo- Logan Paul beat Ricochet. That was a little bit of a surprise or at least, com- uh, you know, based on your picks. Uh, it was a hell of a match. They did a really good job. Any notes on that as we sort of breeze through the rest of these? What do you think Ricochet no, no. goes from here? I think Ricochet definitely... Um stepped his game up and and I think he's going to be looked at as more of an impact player after this. Um, I would love to see him get another shot at Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship if Logan Paul goes away for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's shown he can carry himself in a, in a, in a major spot. So yeah. I hope this doesn't like, the, you know, send him back into just kind of popping up in backstages. I, I was kind of interested in how much time the camera spent on Samantha Irvin's face. Like the Logan Paul line was great and I'm sure it's just like it made sort of organic sense to to focus on her a little bit but that was a lot of time spent staring at samantha irvin in character as ricochet's girlfriend and really make that yeah. part of the kayfabe like story for yeah. him, for them just to like not for him to lose and then <laughs> that to kind of be forgotten i mean who knows it's going to be forgotten i guess that's the point that's true um that's true uh Shayna baszler and ronda rousey had that mma rules spot. match 
huh? tough spot to be in. I thought they got a, I thought they got a raw deal. That was a tough spot. Well, so it's okay. I'll say I like it better now than I probably liked it in real time. I mean, I thought putting making it MMA rules was a sort of acceptance of the fact that it was they were in a tough spot. We'll make it different. We'll make it feel a little bit different, even though we know the crowd's going to be quiet. Well, at least we're going to give them a reason to be quiet. We're just doing like ground, you know, wrestling for a while. They also just okay, you know see that. They they like hot step through it too. I mean, it was a little bit of the it was it was a what I always think of as the John Cena match structure, where you kind of the first like five minutes are very deliberate, and then you go outside the ring and act like you've been wrestling for forty five minutes, and then get back in and go into end game. You know, it's where it's just like, how is she standing mm-hmm. up? It's like okay, well, it's it's not that bad. Uh, but <laughs> we were but but right. the predictions were right on this when Chayna Baszler did go over Ronda Rousey. Um, I heard some people saying, why is this on the card and not Trish and and um Becky well I mean if I had to guess and I don't know the answer I would guess it's that Ronda Rousey Ronda Rousey's deal is up to is up already you know like it's it, it's it's done so like they if they wanted to get this main event they got it if they were in this big match to put Baszler over and Rousey's farewell they had to go through with it um but it would but it would have been a tough spot for anybody and you know it was what it was uh I'm glad Jana Baszler went over and I'm very intrigued to see where they go from here with her. I mean, the, it feels like the women's division got a nice little refresh after this tonight. It's true. So, true. You know. Brian, so, uh, you were there live. What uh, what snack or drink did you get during the Shayna Baszler uh, Ronda Rousey match? <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! Okay. What's so funny is that it felt like Dave like you have a you have a camera. <laughs> No, I um, I was uh, Is that cheese curd. <laughs> the, I got some Lay's chips and a, a Coke Zero, but I watched it. You know, this one I watched from. How was I eating box. better at home than you were eating <laughs> eating in the stadium? Well, I had a good burger beforehand. <laughs> I had a good burger. Okay. Shout out to them; they they took care of me. But um, yeah, uh, you felt the air leave the stadium for sure. Uh. That was unfortunate, but you know, snacks was okay. <laughs> um, oh my God, let's see I what else. So somebody, what else do we I read got? a tweet that said so. Uh, I'm not even gonna repeat it. I'm not even gonna repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't. Uh, Gunther anyway, and they Drew. Said I w- they thought that somebody else was working there said they thought it was an intermission. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Gunther retained his title against Drew McIntyre. As far as like a one-off. I mean, I, they might be still fighting again on Raw. Who knows? But as far as just sort of like a one-off big-time feeling match for an event like SummerSlam, I thought it was good. The guys have good chemistry. I think we might have been, you know, expecting too much to for them to replicate the Gunther-Sheamus chemistry in their one-on-one match. But um, but it was a whole lot of fun, man. It was really, really good. I, I love seeing those these two guys together. And uh, I think they made the right, obviously, the right call with Gunther winning. It's just still, it will never, eat. okay, if there, if you need one argument for Gunther breaking the honky-tonk man's streak, or, you know, whatever, the honky-tonk man's reign uh, record, it's that it will never not be ridiculous to hear Michael Cole or any announcer say, he's only 100, away, 100 days away from breaking the honky-tonk man's record. Like, we got, I love the honky-tonk man, Wade Ferris, Wayne Ferris, you're a god. There, we do not need to be talking about the honky tonk man's record in the year of our Lord 2023. Oh man, maybe we I will do, not. Dave. Maybe we do. Maybe that's we need to talk about it being last, over. 
maybe that is the last bastion of real sports entertainment. Like the 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 workman's title, the title that usually goes to the most athletically gifted person on your roster, the record holder is a dude named the Honky Tonk Man. What's more sports entertainment than that? Maybe it should stay. Nah, I'm I'm tripping. Nah, Gunther's Gunther's got to break that record. It's it's the honky. <sighs> think the honky tonk man I mean, will be there to like. Was... Would the honky tonk man be there to celebrate when he breaks the record? Will he like hand him a commemorative guitar or something? He's got to do something classy. He's got to. I don't know. I don't know if they. You know when the Miami Dolphins? Anytime a team. Anytime a Miami Dolphins team uh, uh, goes to a team that was almost undefeated, they all like pop a champagne bottle or something. I want to know what's going to happen if he loses the title before the Honky Tonk Man uh, record is broken, right? Like, I hope they get like a live feed to Honky Tonk Man's house and he just like pops a champagne bottle, smokes a cigar, says like, ah, another one bites the dust. (laughs) Keeps it. Keeps the moving. That's so great. I hope he does. They should just have a camera on him at all these big matches. Just like they should. Get it, like they should. We need we need a honky we need a honky tonk cam as the days. What did get Santino closer, have the honkometer know? or whatever when he was doing that shit? But it, yeah, we should have a honky cam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that could go a lot of different honky, directions. I guess I, I will. I went with Honky Tonk Camp, but Honky, I felt like Honky Camp was a little too on the nose. <laughs> I'm going to let that one go. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, guys. Um, no, that's great. <laughs> I want, we should call it the Honky the Honky Camp. And yeah, they should just have it. That's, that would be so funny. That would be the only validation. Anyway, Gunther won. It was a really good match. Um, and they, Michael Cole. Gunther only has good matches. Michael Cole is is a uh, is a just a pro at calling these Gunther matches. I mean, you know, you can take your pick like other people more than him, but Michael Cole knows the story to tell. He's telling this, you know, about about Gunther just like being cerebral and understanding what he has to do to win and changing up his tactics and everything. He did a really good job of that. By the way, did you see that Michael Cole is now doing Raw and SmackDown moving forward? Mike Cole and Cole and Wade are taking over Raw. Uh, and they're moving. Um, wait, is that right? Cole, Cole and Wade are doing raw. Yeah, yeah. and then Cole, Corey, yeah. and Kevin Patrick are doing SmackDown. So Patrick's Kevin still Patrick in the mix. SmackDown. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting. Anyway, Man, I did, good, I really uh, like that I, match. I, I love the match. Um, I think Gunther is the. If there's a poll for best wrestler of 2023, I mean he he's got to be in the mix um, with the several other names, and um, he just he just. His combination of mat technician, but like still like big fight, big star sort of feel is like low key underrated. And I don't know if we're going to get it, man, but it will be a real shame if we don't get Roman versus Gunther in some way, shape or form, you know, Mm -hmm. as they're both at the apex of these like record breaking runs with champions, you know, Um, I don't know how you can bill it, but even if it's... I don't know, man. They got to find a way to get those guys together for a match. Like, that is, it's, I know we're telling two different stories with, like, the Cody of it all and the Usos and the Bloodline family, but, like, right underneath this entire Bloodline dominance has been, like, Gunther being probably the greatest 
one of the greatest NXT call-ups in history, who literally like yep. a week into his, maybe like a week or some change or a month or some change into his run in NXT uh, in SmackDown, he wins the Intercontinental Championship and never lost again. I saw somebody say that it's like he's um, like seventy like something percent of his WWE career he has been a champion. Yes, Which, yeah, like he's always had. Like I don't recognize him without gold around his waist, just mm-hmm. like I don't recognize Roman without gold around his waist. And it'll be a shame if we don't get that match in some way, shape, or form, man. Like I know ever since ever since Gunther said that he enjoy. that he didn't consider Roman a dream opponent, and and that was a shoot, I think. He it just made me think about it. I'm like, no, I would kind of love to see that match, man. I think that, <laughs> I think that could be kind of awesome. Um, that Maybe but that match, I mean, that match is really. <laughs> that match was really fun. I think that I think that what what's the maybe the most impressive thing about Gunther's run is that he's made his style, made this sort of methodical, hard hitting match style into an attraction in and of itself. And so, I mean, that's a match that if you'd rolled that one out three years ago on a, on a card this long in the stack, that might have been the popcorn match. That might have been the match where it was just like, all right, I'm a little bit, you know. My adrenaline's not flowing the same way. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get a drink or something like that. But like, but it it right. it's its own attraction, and he's made that he's made that his staple, and he's kind of cemented his spot on every big show because he's it's like having a tables match. It's like having a loot like a like a you know an aerial match. It's it's its own thing, and it's it's really really impressive. I think one of the biggest compliments you can have is when you're showing somebody who doesn't watch wrestling a match and be like, okay, like. This is the, I know this is scripted, but like, this is going to be painful to watch. Like, this is going to be like real violence. And that's, that's a compliment in itself. Like you said, um, Gunther's style has become the attraction. He doesn't need any Mm -hmm. bells and whistles. It's just like, I'm going to hit you real hard. I'm going to slam you really hard. And we're going to do this for at least 30 minutes. And it's going to be a classic every single time. He's he's incredible. I love watching that dude wrestle. He's awesome. In the biggest shock of the night, well, we got two big shocks coming up. But in terms of just our picks, Seth Rollins retained against Finn Balor. Now, obviously, the betting odds were on Seth. Um, but it all fe- it felt like it was lining up for a Judgment Day sweep or, you know, big Judgment Day future coming up. And, and one of the ways that's going to happen, you know, that we thought that might happen was for Finn to finally win. Finn's coming out there. I mean, listen, when Finn came out with no gimmickry, aside from the seven, he weird seven he wrote on his shoulder, <laughs> didn't have a creepy mask, obviously wasn't the demon, just sort of came on out. I was like, shit, he's gonna win. He's gonna win. He's taking it seriously. This is the this is the storyline. Um, but no, it wasn't to be. They brought in a whole bunch of judgment day shenanigans. None of it ended up really working out in his favor. Uh, the match itself was phenomenal, phenomenal. Fifth Finn yeah. had his mouth busted open early in the match, and and you know they he seemed to be very excited about it. Um, and I mean, just in terms of how he could tell the story with the blood bloody smile. But uh, at the end of the match, of course, as everybody knows, an increasingly sort of you know dissatisfied looking. Damian Priest was out there and Finn said, just give me the briefcase and let me use it, whatever. So Damian Priest was like, fine. Slid it in the ring, went over to distract the ref. And of course, Seth just did the stomp right onto, right onto uh, Finn, I mean, right onto the briefcase, with Finn's head, right onto the briefcase and ended up getting the win. Um, it did seem sort of like the end of Finn in terms of it being, being a championship contender. That was a story they were telling. He, you know, he, he lost, he lost. He keeps on working his way back into the matches and keeps losing. 
but this, but there does seem to be a big Damian Priest hang, looming over everything now. Um, I thought at first Damian Priest was going to cash in at the end of that match because Seth was certainly beaten down enough. But I guess Seth was, you know, Damian Priest is going to hold on to it a little bit longer. I don't know where do we go from here. Do you think we're going to pivot right to, you know, we could do Seth versus Cody at Survivor Series. You know, we could just we could move right ahead with whoever Seth's going to be feuding with. He's certainly been doing this for a while, and let the and let. Damian Priestin's briefcase sort of be lurking in the background, or are we going to keep moving along with this Seth versus Judgment Day story? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's over. I think I think there's going to be another another Seth Judgment Day confrontation as long as Damian Priest has that briefcase. You know, um, I thought, like you said, the match was incredible. Um, Personally, I thought it was supposed to be a Finn night, man. Like, I ain't gonna hold you. I was definitely on the side of seven-year itch, time to scratch it. Like, let's make it Finn Balor's time. Let's go. Let's do this, right? And totally, then, you yeah. Know, you do the honorable thing, you know. You do the honorable challenge amongst Money in the Bank competitors between Finn Balor and Damian Priest and make it like an all-judgment day thing, right? Like, as, as, as a head main event of Raw or something, but not going to hold you, man. I was a little disappointed. Uh, even though, again, Seth Rollins has made the World Heavyweight Championship what it is and importance and as far as delivering great matches, I really thought this was a good opportunity for to 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 pull the trigger on Finn Balor and see where they can take the story with um, Damian Priest and Finn uh, and the Money in the Bank briefcase. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know where they go from here. Uh, I think maybe Seth still has a beef with Damian Priest. Maybe Cody comes out and says, hey, I'm, I'm here to challenge for this, that, and the third. I don't know, but that was the one ending that I was like, ah, man. I don't think I would have went that way. The match was so good. It, the like, If the match wasn't as good as it was, I'd be all right with that sort of ending. But I felt like the back and forth like Finn sort of like rediscovering his sort of main event self mid-match as well. Like having those moments where I felt like I was watching NXT Finn or I was like, oh man, he's this is the stop that's gonna do it. He's gonna he's gonna put him down for the three and it not happening. I was like, damn, I hope this ain't it for him. I hope he he gets another shot at like actually being a guy holding gold on on a main event roster uh one of these days. But I don't know. Wasn't wasn't the biggest fan of that decision, but it was an incredible match regardless. I just thought it did more. I mean, I just, you know, putting the belt on Finn could have been huge for Finn. And now it just sort of leaves Finn flailing a little bit. And and as good as he looked in that match, you know, Seth could have lost, especially with the Judgment Day interfering and come out looking strong. So, yeah, that would be my biggest complaint of the night. I would have I was ready for champ Finn. Also, Seth is I mean, Seth's a great champ, but he's still a little bit of a, I don't want to say placeholder champ, but he, he's, he doesn't like he can, he brings a lot of gravitas to the title, you know, because of everything that he's accomplished. I'm not, I'm not sure that how much the title really brings gravitas to him at this point. He got it. He earned it. He's defended it a lot. He'll always be in the main event picture over there. I think he could afford to lose it. Um, but anyway, and also I'm not sure about that. I mean, I don't know where I where I am on Damian Priest as future champion, you know. So I, it's the whole thing's a little bit, a little bit hazy to me, you know. Like like I like the idea of Damian Priest. I, I mean, I don't mind the drama inside the Judgment Day. Priest has the briefcase, blah blah blah. But I kind of like the idea of Damian Priest eventually cashing in. Like if he had cashed in 
last on Saturday night, but to help Finn win, that would have been really exciting, right? He inserts himself into mm-hmm. the match, and basically, he like there's some weird, you know, a little little bit of dissension teased. But at the end of the day, he's now the third member of the match. He just beats up Seth and lets Finn get the pin. That to me is interesting. Uh, I'm not sure about that would about, cool. Yeah, I'm not sure about Priest as his own entity going for the title, but who knows? Eh, it, it could be fine. There's only one. There's only one way that I'm I'm here for Damian Priest as as world champion, and that's if right after he wins the world championship, Bad Bunny walks out, points the kendo stick at him, is like, "Yo, no. I beat you in Puerto Rico." No. I want that. (laughs) Bad Bunny, Damian Priest for the World Heavyweight Championship. You, yes, I want it. And you know you do too. So, I mean, it's not, it's not at the realm of possibility of seeing Damian Priest as the World Heavyweight Championship. But, uh, I feel like if he did win, Bad Bunny would technically, Technically, have a stake to, a stake to claim as a number one contender for a world championship, right? Like he would at yeah. least have to be considered. He would have to be considered. So I wouldn't be mad at seeing that one time. Uh, I might with, be a little with, bit mad. Well, see it again. But it's fine. Stake. It's fine. <laughs> um, in the semi main, we got the uh, triple threat for the women's championship. Uh, the Smack- women's Ch- SmackDown Championship between Champ Oscar, Charlotte Flair, and Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair eked out the win. It was a really, really good match. It was late at that point. You know, I got there was some point where I just sort of like I was staring at him saying, That was really cool. I'm not sure if this is a good match or not. I had to like rewatch it to really appreciate it. But the whole in game from Bianca Bel- Belair getting hurt to sort of to winning the match was incredibly cool. And then, of course, I mean, everybody looked great in the match. I think Asuka, Asuka's style is like super great as like the glue guy in a triple threat match like that, but she doesn't always end up like getting the big moments. You know, she gets to put on the Oscar lock after some cool sequence. And then you're like, Oh, that was really smart, but it's not quite as the same as like, now you're flipping off the top rope or whatever. Um, so I had, you know, right. you have to rewatch, I think to, I mean, watch more intently than I was the moment to, to appreciate some of that. Uh, but she was exceptional. Charlotte was exceptional. Um, Bianca Belair was really, was exceptional too. And told a great story. She got in there in one feel-good moment, and then, of course, EO Sky comes in, cashes in, and leaves as your new champion. Um, the cash-in was really cool. Her being, like, real-life excited about having won the championship was really cool. Dakota Kai coming back and celebrating with them, obviously, really cool. Uh, damage control is in full effect. Um, where, was the, where was the Dakota Kai cash-in on your list of top moments of the night? I thought next to Cody Brock, that was my match of the night. Um, I thought they told a great story with Bianca uh, at the end. I mean, first off, I feel like that entire story was just, if you haven't, if you're one of those people that thought like Bianca Belair was kind of having like a, a, a fall off year or just not, you know, I mean, as important as the rest of the roster, it's like she came out to a C4 sponsored promo as the last entrant, not even the the champion, gets, you know, kayfabe hurt, gets the Brett, the Brett treatment, wheels back, oh, no, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And she she comes back in there. She's doing otherworldly things on one leg, wins the championship, and then is ungraciously, like, you can't look stronger than that. 
when you're Bianca yeah. Belair. And with all that strength you got at that moment, as ill, as incredible as they made you look, you immediately get to transfer that heat to somebody new and exciting and fresh and EO Sky. And that makes the entire women's division be like, okay, all right. We're going to have some ill stories to tell for the next several months just based off this triple threat match. Like, Asuka's going to have a, a stake to claim of the women's title. She just lost it. Bianca's going to have something to say about it. Obviously, Charlotte didn't get pinned. Um, you know, damage control's back in full effect. I mean, it, it's all the entire women's division on SmackDown has definitely just got more interesting. And uh, Charlotte was great. Asuka was great. But that was a, a standout Bianca Belair performance, in my opinion. I think that was one of her best matches ever, even though she won and lost that night. I agree. Yeah, I thought that was really exceptional. And EO Sky winning big. I think now, talk about, a, you, you mentioned the reset for the women's division. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun moving forward. We had three absolute icons fighting each other in the main event and a fourth person emerge with the title. So, I mean, that's it's there's so many directions they could go from here. How was that pop in the in the stadium, Brian? How was EOS guys cash in? Oh, it was incredible. You know, um, I think for me, that was my second time seeing a money in the bank cash in. Uh, the first one being Daniel Bryan. Uh, so like just when you saw Bianca won, there was like one level of pop. Everybody's super excited. But then when EO comes out there and even just like, you know, watching them, uh, her and Bailey take out everybody in route to get to the ring, you just saw people just kept, the levels just kept going up and people were really excited to see her win the match. Yeah, it was really cool. And what a, what a really cool moment. My wife was very into it. So I give it the highest marks because of that. And then of course we had the main event. Um, you know, I think <laughs> I think that you got the I think you got the uh, the right the right read on it, Kaz. I think it's I don't know if it's going to be an oos in every corner um, at Survivor Series or whatever's next, but certainly we got the tension between Solo and Roman. Jay seemed to do everything he could to not be. I mean, he was not part of Roman's plan. I, when I was watching it the first time, I was like, why does Roman always look confused when his plans are going off? And I was, then I was like, wait <laughs> a second, now this is really just Jay. Go back and rewind the entire Jay Jimmy trajectory through the Uso storyline. Yeah. J Jimmy has gotten in Jay's way seemingly by accident yeah. every time he's been on the cusp. Yeah. So now I just don't, I don't think it's subtext yeah. anymore. Now this is just brother versus brother, which is going to be incredibly interesting. Um, overall, really, really great show. Last thing I want to say about Jimmy, uh, Jay and Roman, I think that last, like, that pause and how long it took Jimmy to finally kick Jay, I think it all set in at that moment where it's like, oh, wow. Jimmy has really been the one who's been cutting the legs under me ever since I was a kid. All that stuff that I said to him mm -hmm. to his face was how I truly felt. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, trying to live, look up to him, all this other stuff. So... I think Roman looked confused because obviously he probably had nothing to do with that. But I think it just makes this, the Jimmy and Jay story, so, so interesting. Obviously, the next premium live event being called Payback, you got to have them main event that somehow in, in some way that is extremely violent uh, towards one mm -hmm. another. And then I think we get a oos in every corner uh, the next uh, coming down to SummerSlam for the Undisputed uh, Universal Championship. So I thought it was really well done, man. And I'm really excited to see where they take it from here. 
Great card overall. Brian, if you could, as your birthday wish, if you could make anybody WWE world champion in a shocking move on Monday Night Raw, who would it be? <laughs> Sami Zayn. You said shocking move. All right. Let's see if we can capture that Sami Zayn momentum back. All right. Well, I'll call, I'll call uh, Hunter and see if we can make that happen. Um, we did have some <laughs> a, a big night of collision on Saturday, too, on AEW. We finally got some all-in match call-outs that look like they're in the works. We had CM Punk and Samoa Joe, FTR and the Young Bucks. Uh, what else? We, what else? What, something else happened on Dynamite. What else have we got lined up? I mean, they already announced the main event, MJF versus Adam Cole. Um, oh, of course. Right. The Jericho Appreciation Society uh, mandatory meeting uh, happens. I don't know where that's heading. Um, yeah, so so the card's God, finally taking Mojo shape. Mojo Challenge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the card's finally taking shape. So that's that's good news for them. Before we get out of here, there's one more match that you wanted to talk about. Um, Where in Alabama was this? <laughs> this was in Montgomery, Alabama, Dave. The Montgomery, Alabama uh, dockside slugfest that is trending worldwide on Twitter right now, starring... Uh, the young man who swims across the 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 the, the whatever the water to get into the fight mm. to save this dude from being beat down. Michael B. Phelps, some call him, um, some call him uh, Shaquille O'Gill, <laughs> Aquaman, uh, Kofi Catfish JJ for Fish. the wrestling fans out there. Um, uh, oh, man. Uh, yeah, there's Sea uh, Murder. I saw. Rolling around, <laughs> Scuba Gooding Jr. Did we say that one? The uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones. <laughs> Scuba Gooding Jr. is a good one. Dave, I've, um, I I I, I fancy myself an online fight connoisseur. I've seen every single. I, I feel like I've seen a lot of viral fights. Yeah, same. That is the greatest viral fight I've ever seen in my life. Like that is the that is the WrestleMania X Seven of street fights. It had a beginning, a middle. An end. It had main characters. It had B players. It had a prologue. It had a rising action. It had a falling action. Somebody got arrested. And it had steel chairs. I mean, there's wow. Chef's kiss to one of the best, uh, <laughs> best online fights I've ever seen. Man, it, it was just truly like. Take away from just knowing the backstory. Take away from knowing that, like, there was some uh, people trying to do their job and people getting jumped at the job, all that type of stuff. Take away, like, your any nine to fiver can relate to somebody who has been just trying to do their job and just mm -hmm. trying to just just punch it and go home, right? The moment you get the opportunity to not just defend yourself, but defend yourself in mass. Oh, baby, that was just icing on the cake. And shout out to Unk in the purple, I think it was a purple shirt, swinging that steel chair like New Jack in his prime, like Balls Mahoney. I mean, just, you don't really get to swing a chair like that in real life. I think uh, Scuba Gooding Jr. hit somebody with a real rock bottom at one point also. Like, there was just real wrestling moves being done in real life. Mm-hmm. Never not entertaining. Never not entertaining. So uh, I implore you, people, if you like watching fights, go for it. <laughs> we should. Definitely we should. Yeah. And if you can come up with any better names and get them trending, we'll, you know, this is all part of the game now. We'll talk more about real life 
uh, viral fights on the Masked Man show moving forward because apparently this is all we're obsessed with, uh, <laughs> even more so than the pro wrestling stuff. Anyway, uh, happy birthday to our amazing producer, Brian H. Waters. Glad you enjoyed your trip. Glad happy the party's birthday, still going Brian. on. Uh, th- thank you guys so much for listening. Kaz, you want to get your plugs in on the way out? Yeah, man. Catch me on Counter on Points Bet USA. Catch me um, Ultimate Show, Ultimate SummerSlam. You can watch on Peacock, watch on any social media channels for the WWE. Um, yeah, and uh, catch me on Say Less with Kaz, Loki, and Rosie coming back uh, very, very soon with some big guests and some big changes. So uh, you guys stay tuned. Appreciate you. And uh, yeah, see y'all next week. I mean, you can find me here. You can find me on the press box. Be sure to listen to all of the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. Brian's little hangout on Wednesday worldwide. Cheap Pete and, of course, this show. And every Friday, we do a a review of Heels. The moment the episode of uh, the new episode of the season two of Heels drops. Um, It's been great so far this year. So I'm glad. I hope you guys are checking that out. Um, Happy birthday again to Brian. Thank you guys for listening. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Thursday, humanoids.